Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. That's right. For a second time in as many days. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yes. After our epic breakdown of ASU quarterbacks, which I think has reverberated around the Arizona State community in the last 24 hours, we're back. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of silence on social media, which I think means everyone agreed with us. We're thinking about it. I mean, there's a lot to digest. We gave them about 45 minutes of solid breakdown. And, you know, I don't want hot takes. I want people to think about it and really, you know, analyze this the way we did. Just let it percolate. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, But you know who was all about the hot takes this week with ASU football was former defensive back Robbie Robinson. Uh, Robinson from DeMatha Catholic in Maryland had – you know, effectively left the team. Yeah. And you can, you can be forgiven if you forgot who he was. Cause so did I, uh, when you told me about this, I was like, uh, who's that? And is he still on the team? Um, but yeah, he, he, he got himself in the news a little bit. So if you don't remember him, that's totally normal, but he's back now. And the reason he's back is Robbie Robinson has gone on a multi day, Twitter rant against ASU football. Oh yeah, he today. Okay. So yesterday he started middle, maybe middle of the night, Tuesday night into Wednesday. Yeah. He tweets about how Todd Graham misused Eric Lauderdale, misused Jason Lewis, misused Gump Hayes by putting him at corner, misused Robinson himself because obviously he's very talented. Yeah. Um. You know, misuse J.J. Wilson, who is a national championship caliber player at multiple positions. Um, you know, made a mistake by picking Ralston over Lewis, taking yeah. nothing away from Ralston, to be very clear. Uh, then throwing Graham under the bus, saying he doesn't care about players, doesn't talk to players, doesn't give people an opportunity, likes to talk about how much money he has, and, and just kept going. Um, and this went on. Almost like uh, an insomniac. It, it just – there was not a break. You know, dozens of tweets for yeah. hours on end. And some of the current players and former players weighed in on some level. Jalen Strong had a tweet today about, you know, no excuses. You control your destiny, something to that effect. I'm yeah. paraphrasing. Uh, and then sort of as the day progressed today, it turned into a, th- a three-way fight with Robinson against DeMario Richard and Armand Perry, who are two of the leaders of the team uh, from last year. Obviously, neither will be back. Perry retired yeah. before the season started but hung around and uh, right. Richard graduated. But they just – they just went off on each other, um, you know, and Bo Graham weighed in, Todd Graham's son, which he has a yeah. coaching job again. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of why he left, we won't get into it because it's all right. been, it's all been well covered up, but it, it, was, it, has. it was documented by Twitter, I believe, Rudy Carpenter. Yeah. Rudy Carpenter, yeah, newsbreaker Rudy Carpenter, one of our subjects of last night's discussion. But – Matt, Todd Graham's gone. These three players are gone. And yet it is the dominant topic of ASU Twitter. Right. Should ASU fans care? Should anyone care? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I like so many things that that you know gain attention on Twitter, and I feel like why does anyone care? Um, I mean, this is this is the words of a guy who who didn't work out, you know, and and he probably has some bitterness about that. I think that's fair to say. Um, and and you know, I I mean, my initial reaction yesterday morning when we were texting about this was, you know. Do I? I mean, is Todd Graham perfect? Did he make every call correct? No, no coach does. And you and I had our quibbles with him. Um, doesn't mean we were right. You know, I mean, like that's that's the thing. You know, coaches are not perfect. They're human beings. They make mistakes. We make mistakes as fans who criticize them. Um, you know, we don't know. Um, you know, the notion of uh, you know, I know one of the things I guess he said was you know. Kyle Williams shouldn't have spent any time at corner. I agree. Kyle Williams is a good receiver. We talked about that, that, you know, the constant position tweaking that Graham did. I didn't like that. But to believe that, you know, Todd Graham left national championship talent and, you know, Bryce Perkins and Jason Lewis and J.J. Wilson and all these guys on the bench, I I mean, I just don't buy it. Um, You know, it's, it's it's a nice fantasy, but that's all it is, is a fantasy. Um, you know, guys, guys didn't play because I believe that means they weren't good enough to play. Um, they, a lot of those guys had opportunities that you listed. I mean, some didn't, but a lot of them did. J.J. Wilson, you know, was, was a tight end for two years, started, never really did much. Now, he had a decent year last year when they moved him to defensive end, and maybe he'll be an impact guy this year. Um, but, you know, some of those other guys, Gump Hayes, well, he misused him by moving him to run, or away from running back. He played running back, and he did nothing. So, like, I mean, what what more do you want? Like, how many opportunities are they supposed to get? Well, and the suggestion also that, you know, there were better corners out there, but they played Hayes. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that. Um, I don't either. I don't either. You know, I mean, you know. Graham would have had this job if he had better corners and right. they played. Right. I mean, you know, yes, coach, you know, just as they can make mistakes, they can also be proud, as any human can. You can be stubborn. You can refuse to see something. And, and if there was maybe one example of that, sure, eh, you know, there might be. But to, to say that, you know, Todd Graham decided that all these really good players weren't going to play just because doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Todd Graham was invested in winning, as any coach is. Um, you know, I believe it more if, you know, stories that come out, and they come out all the time that, you know, the coaches turned a blind eye to their players in trouble because – you know, they're talented and they want them on the field. That's believable. To, to say that a coach, you know, just decided to sit, you know, all these talented, really great players because he didn't like them uh, is kind of hard for me to believe. Well, and also that they didn't then transfer with the guy. Right. You know, some of the guys did, obviously, but, you know, Wilson stayed. Sure. I'm sure if Wilson yeah. could have gone and played at, you know, Clemson and there sure. was a chance that he could have done that, he would have. Yeah, he would have done it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and – you know, Bryce Perkins, I know, was mentioned, but, you know, think about it, really. When did Bryce Perkins ever have a chance that he could have played? I mean, he redshirted in, in 2015, it was right? losing. It was uh, losing the job in the three-way battle, but he got Which he hurt. got hurt before that job. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, yeah, he was going to lose that job. Uh, you know, that had pretty much already. But he got hurt before there was a regular season game. He was never dressed and able to compete in a regular season game for ASU because he redshirted. Then he got hurt in you know fall camp, missed the entire year, then transferred. So 
you know, I mean, like this notion that, oh, they didn't play the best quarterback. When could they have? I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't have an eligible game in uniform. Also, as an aside, if you have the opportunity, uh, UVA football Twitter had a great post of guys doing WWE entrances uh, <laughs> into the locker room. And it's worth your time if you can go dig it up on Twitter or Deadspin or something. It's it's just <laughs> was kind Perkins of funny. part of that. I think so. I he was Buzzing, he yeah. was in the he was mentioned in the tweet. So okay, okay. I mean, you know, and again, I hope Perkins does well. I mean, I got nothing against him. It's the same I would say about Brady White. I mean, you know, guys get opportunities somewhere else. I'm not rooting against him, um, but that doesn't mean that you know. I, I, look, I suppose if Bryce Perkins or Brady White, you know wins the Heisman Trophy, then you'd be probably thinking, boy, I wish we hadn't let that guy go. But you can only decide based on the knowledge that's there. And I just, I don't believe that Todd Graham or the offensive coaches, you know, said, well, you know, Bryce Perkins is our best player, but let's not play him. Because why? I don't know. Uh, You know, let's make him the third guy. Let's try to ask him if he wants to move to receiver, even though he's our best quarterback. Uh, You know, we just won't play him. It just doesn't pass the smell test. Well, that's the thing is it, it's hard to finish the sentence in any way that is sensical. Yeah. You know, he's yes. our best I mean, player, but we're not going to play him because. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just had the it just had all the hallmarks of, you know, a guy who who isn't, you know, happy about the way things ended for him. Uh, and, you know, then it's, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, the way people are a lot of times it's everybody else's fault. Uh, I was, you know the second coming of Charles Woodson, but nobody gave me an opportunity. And here's all these other guys that nobody gave an opportunity to. I just don't believe it. Um, and especially at defensive back of all positions, with how bad we were in the secondary in 2016, uh, and, you know, anybody who could have played would have got that chance to play, I believe. And yeah, I, I don't believe we had, you know, a, an all conference uh, first round draft pick kind of talent sitting on our bench and just didn't play him. By that same token, I, I don't think one one of the criticisms was he would rush guys back from injury, but yeah. but the examples they gave weren't great to me. No, um, you know, and, and also in our modern college football, I don't think that that gets kept a secret this long. No, I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, that's one of those criticisms that you know. <sighs> Is it possible? It is, I, I suppose. But guys also want to play, and and so if a guy comes and says he's ready to go, uh, and and the medical staff, you know, clears him, then the coach should, go, you know, is the coach supposed to say no? You don't play. Yeah, the trainers say you're okay. The doctors say you're okay. You're you say you're okay, but I'm going to say no. I mean, it just doesn't. I don't know. No. You know, do again. Yeah, I'm sure there is pressure for guys to come back sooner than they should. Um, and you know, it probably leads to health problems later and injury problems later, but that's football. Uh, I mean, uh, that's not Todd Graham. That's everywhere. Well, and the example that comes to my mind is, you know, that Stanford PAC 12 title game with DJ Foster. Right. But the impression I got from the stories that came out after was Foster was going to be hurt, but it wasn't going to get worse. What he had, he had. And if he could play through it, he could play through it, but he couldn't. It, you know, it was clear his effectiveness was robbed. And Yeah, right, you know. right. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are examples of that. We talked about one last night with Taylor Kelly, who probably came back too soon. Um, but do I, I don't think it was some sort of widespread maliciousness on the part of Todd Graham to play guys when they weren't healthy. I don't believe that. Now, I, you know, I don't know that. But I just, it just, all of this had, you know, such a ring of A, bitter, and B, you know, guy wearing a you know tinfoil hat preparing for the end of the world you know everybody's against him there's all these massive conspiracies like i just don't buy it well if you if you do go through his twitter feed the tinfoil hat-ish argument doesn't sound as far-fetched because inter- <laughs> this asu rant was hours long days long yeah. now but it's interspersed with just other random bizarre yeah yeah i mean you know, you sent me a you know text about it, and I thought, oh yeah, okay, I'll go back and read what he says, even though I may not believe it. And it just, I couldn't get through it. I mean, it was just hours and hours, and I didn't know what's still even going today. Um, I mean, put down the phone, bro. Uh, you know, like it's it's time to move on. Time to get a life. You know, stop tweeting. Um, uh, this is just ridiculous, and you're just making a fool of yourself. And honestly, if you're a guy like Demario Richard, put it down yourself, man. You got, you got, you're trying to earn an NFL future. Uh, move on. You know, like I, I understand you want to try to defend the program. That's nice, but then move on. Like it does not need to become something he gets embroiled in because these are things, rest assured, NFL teams are looking at. And if Demario Richard wants to have a future playing in the NFL, which it's dicey if he's going to anyway, don't do stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything you do is under the microscope. When you're a draft prospect, every single thing, nothing's too small, and and stuff like this is not going to help him. No, not at all. Um, but there is a draft prospect who is doing something exciting. Uh, Josh Allen from Wyoming, not to be confused with Jake Allen from Florida. Who would make such a confusing <laughs> mistake via text earlier to Matt right, uh, right. this afternoon? Did uh, the Kyle Bowler, he filmed himself from his knees throwing a football from about midfield into the end zone. He did. And Kyle Bowler did it and became a first-round draft pick. This guy's already number one on the big board. Why are you inviting the Kyle Bowler comparison? Ah, that I don't know. And I don't think he'll ultimately go number one. I I think, uh, I I believe, and I don't know if we talked about this before, I think Mel Kuyper putting him number one is nothing more than... You know, getting people to talk because people say, oh, my God, you got Josh Allen number one on February. Who cares? Um, I don't think he'll go ahead of Darnold or Rosen. I'd be surprised. Maybe maybe he will. I don't think he will ultimately. Um, I find the kid intriguing, you know, but he's he's got a lot of work to do. He's rough around the edges. And he He's not a number one overall pick. I, I mean, I like him, root for him, but I don't think he belongs going in that business. Will he go beyond – or will he go before Baker Mayfield? That I don't know. I mean, I, you know, people are much higher on Baker Mayfield than I am. Uh, I don't see it. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't see this notion that he's, you know, uh, a big time NFL prospect. Um, uh, he, to me, played in a typical, you know, college spread offense with a lot of easy throws. Uh, a lot of tempo that, that, you know, inflates the numbers, as we talked about last night a little bit. Um, you know, I don't see it, uh, but, you know, teams are in love with him, it seems like some are. And um, it really, I think they're kind of toss-ups. I, I think, I, 
I still think Darnold or Rosen goes number one. When it comes right down to it, I'll be surprised if the Browns don't take one of those two guys. So the Browns pick one and four. Yeah. I think that they should take Rosen and then come right back and, and take another quarterback at four. Because just keep keep your odds high. Get Get one right. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, I think I think you're being facetious. I, I am. hope. I okay. am. Um, I, it, it feels. Okay. I, I mean it more in the idea like there was the draft where the Packers took all defensive players. They didn't take a right. single offensive player. Right. Like, figure out what your weakness is and address it. And for Cleveland, there are so many. Maybe just yeah. pick one at a time. And I just, mean, there's there's an idea behind taking more than one. Um, like the you know, well, but like Washington, but like did. the Redskins, yeah, yeah and they did, uh, you know. But and and you can say in some ways it worked because they cushioned themselves when RG three, you know, didn't. Well, he worked out for a very short time and then didn't after that, and they had a you know a nice player to replace him, you know, up until this past year, I guess. Um, probably this time is done there now, but um, and yet at the same time, it created this immediate sort of controversy that never really went away. So. You know, if you're, I think if you're the Browns, you gotta, you gotta, you know, pick the right guy, fall in love with someone, and and go with him. You know, and and don't talk yourself out of it like they did with Wentz, like they did with Watson. You know, they had the picks where both of those guys went and they traded them both. Um, you know, pick a guy and go with him, and and you know, get through the tough times with him. It's not going to be easy right away, but you know, you've got to have a guy, and this is your chance to do it. Would you consider going the Jaguars route if you're the Browns? You took Miles Garrett last year. Would you just double up on defense, take you know Minka Fitzpatrick and Bradley Chubb with your two picks? Uh, no, with the second pick, I would. Uh, you know, maybe. Although, if, although if I could, if that if the scenario plays out where you get a quarterback and Saquon Barkley, I, I might do that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can get Fitzpatrick or Chubb or something with the fourth pick. Or here's the other thing that people, you know, aren't really talking about, but say you love two of the quarterbacks and you're probably pretty confident the Colts aren't taking one at three. Now they could trade the pick, somebody could jump up there, but maybe you love two. You've got one. Maybe you take Barkley or somebody like that at one, and if the Giants take one of your guys, okay, you still get the other one at four. Or you talk to the Colts and say, Look, the cost for you to move up to one is low. Because true, we, true. you know, yeah. But, but if yeah. you'll give us a, if you'll give us a third, you can have the number one pick. Now the right. risk is the Colts right. turn around and trade that pick trade to somebody to who else. wants it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Colts are going to take a quarterback. It seems like they are, you know, going to continue to hope that Andrew Luck can get healthy. And they've got Jacoby Brissett, who's a nice player. You know, I don't think you're, you're going anywhere big with Jacoby Brissett, but he's a solid backup who can play. Um, so I don't think they need to. And maybe the Giants won't either. I mean, uh, you know, there's mixed messages coming out of the Giants. Uh, you know, will they, you know, continue to build around Eli Manning or will they pick Eli Manning's, you know, successor? Um, so I don't know. I mean, if you're the Browns and you like more than one guy and you love somebody else, you know, another position, maybe you take that guy number one and you let the chips fall and take one of the quarterbacks at four if you like more than one. Yeah, well, and if, if Allen is on your list too, then you're right. guaranteed getting one sure, or three. Sure. And apparently, you know, I mean, uh, they hired, you know, uh, Scott McLuhan 
the old Redskins GM, and he loves Baker Mayfield, apparently. I don't know how much he has, you know, power. He's just a, you know, front office guy. He's not the GM there. But, um, you know, who knows? So right now, of course, we're in that time of year where it's mixed messages and lies and dirty lies. So, you know, I mean, nobody is, nobody's going to come right out and say, we love this guy. We're going to take him. Um, you know, but two months from now, we'll, we'll have a better idea when things actually start to happen. So there is the inherent drama of the NFL draft, and then there is the next-level drama that is NCAA basketball right now. Yep, yep. Um, the University of Louisville becomes the first team to have their national title taken away in college basketball that I that I can remember. I don't know if there's yeah, one. Yeah, first ever. You yeah, know, we, yeah, We've had sure. teams lose their Final Fours, a number of them. Right. But I, I once said to you, I don't think they would ever do it. I don't think the NCAA would ever take away an actual national title. Yeah. And I yeah. was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, I, I kind of was of the same mindset. Um, and I wonder if in some ways the fact that the punishment has really become so hollow, and it is, nobody believes in it anymore, um, that that, you know, like – it's easier for them to do it in some ways because no, nobody really cares. I, mean, well, I saw, and, and, you know, I don't know if you saw Kevin Ware's tweet. No, um, I didn't. Where he's like, "Well, I still have the ring." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, Wilbon yesterday on PTI said what I always say to you. You know, they played the games, they won the games, and they won the championship. And you, you can, you know, take it out of the record book if you want, but who really cares? You know, the the games were played, they won. You know, Michigan, which was in that final, they don't get the title, um, and they shouldn't. You know, they lost the game. Uh, you know, Louisville won. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a Louisville guy. I'm not a Rick Pitino guy. They won the title. Um, you know, trying to pretend they didn't to make our, to make us feel better is just stupid. Uh, you know, I've always said that about all of these things. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, noteworthy because of the first time, but that's the only reason it's noteworthy. It really doesn't mean anything. Will there be a second one? So oh, probably. You know, <laughs> yeah, probably. Will it be one that's already been won? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, um, I mean, this is know, five years. This is five years gone. No one is right. there. No one with the program right, exactly. is still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If it is, wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, I mean, given the dire forecasts that are coming out of you know. This Yahoo guy, Pete Thamel, who's writing all these stories about, you know, the FBI investigation and all the stuff that's going to come out, you know, from this data they've got. Uh, I mean, who knows if the winner of this year's tournament's going to hold up? Uh, I mean, it, it's certainly the you know forecasts are bleak for all the stuff that's going to come out if, if all that does end up coming out. Um, you know, one of the things I know he said in that story was, you know, it's possible half of the Sweet 16 will end up having to vacate their appearances. So, um, yeah, it, you know, there's a lot more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, well, the the neighbor to the south is one of those teams that has a lot to answer for. Yeah. Um, obviously, Arizona had Book Richardson as a coach. Their name, he's uh, indicted. The school is part of the probe. You yeah. know, they, they had on it to go cross sport. They had the rich rod issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, who, and down Tucson. you know, and who knows what else? Apparently there are some other allegations about the football team. I haven't had a chance to read them, but it, it yeah. doesn't sound good. Some, uh, 
sexual assault uh, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the only person who seems to have gotten out of this scot free so far is Greg Byrne, and you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have pulled a Pete Carroll, got out of town before it was too late. Yeah. So you know, but but the new one that I guess we also should mention is Alonzo Trier is suspended for tonight's game uh, at Oregon State and. Who you know? In theory, he's, for the time being. Yeah, yeah, it's indefinite for now. I mean, it's supposed to be a one-year suspension if indeed this holds up. So yeah. But Jay Billis had a tweet. I I was all all aboard trying to you know bury them and say that yeah. this team's a bunch of cheaters and it's not just because of Book Richardson paying off kids yeah. to come there. But Jay Billis had a tweet. the The argument is that this is remnants of something in his system and it's in such trace amounts that it's actually believable that it could be from there bill said it was like a grain of sand in the foot on a football field yeah if that that is true then he has already been punished for it and already been excused for it and Uh, i'm skeptical and and you know i'll admit my bias i don't have to i don't think to you but i'll admit it uh, you know but i'm very skeptical he Okay, here's the story. The reason he was out last year was because of this. And what we were told was he has to test clean before he can come back. So that was, what, last January? February at the latest. He came back during the regular season. Um, So now 12, 11 months later, it's back in his system. Uh, I mean, to me, that doesn't, that again, does not pass the smell test. Um, You know, I just, I don't believe it. Uh, you know, now again, I'm biased, but I simply don't believe it. And this is from someone like Jay Billis, who loves to knock the NCAA when I get the opportunity. And that's what Jay Billis is doing. He's built his brand on that. And I don't mind it because I agree with him most of the time. Uh, in this case, uh, I'm not pro NCAA. I just simply don't believe their explanation. Yeah. It, no matter what it is, it's a bad look. And, you know, the there was a doomsday article or column about it is – U of A headed the way of Oregon State basketball, where it's going to be decades of downtime because of you know NCAA issues, and (laughs) you know will will Sean Miller you know watch Greg Byrne and say, hey, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, Uh, true. You know, because he he could get a job somewhere else. He could. He could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Uh, You know, again, there's there are dire forecasts out there about what's going to happen in college basketball overall. Um, and Arizona, you know, certainly appears to be a program that's going to be part of that based on what we already know, along with Auburn, who's, you know, one of the darlings of this year, USC, who's a you know possible tournament team as well. Um, you know, they're some of the programs that were already embroiled in this, obviously Louisville, you know, we know they're a part of this too. The punishment they got has nothing to do with this FBI case. This is all about the strippers. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's more to come at Louisville probably. Um, who knows, man? Who knows where the sport is headed? Who knows if, if you know, uh, five years from now, things will be a lot different. And I think they should be. I mean, you and I have discussed this a lot. The college basketball and, and really college sports, but if we're focusing on college basketball, the model, to me, makes no sense. Um, and I think more and more people over the years have started to figure that out. And that includes the athletes. And they're rebelling against the model by taking money left and right, left and right 
And if all this comes out, maybe this will be the impetus for change, you know, that we that we need to shake things up because we just keep band-aiding it. And, you know, it's like the scene in Vegas Vacation where Clark Griswold puts the, you know, gum in Hoover Dam and it just keeps leaking out of other spots. Uh, that's what this is. It just keeps happening. Yeah, I mean, maybe this will be the thing that brings the conversation to the forefront about paying athletes and what I is, hope. you know, a, what is a system that could work? You know, would, yeah. a, would a salary cap system, you know, it's the scholarship plus right. A, right. dollar amount I, I don't know. I, to be yeah, allocated? I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a difficult question, but um, as I've said, you know, to you many, many, many times, like just the, you know, I think too many times the argument against doing something like that is, well, how do you do it? And everybody just throws their hands up and says, okay, let's keep it the same. That's not the answer to me. You figure out how to do it. Um, I'm not smart enough to say I know all the answers. No one, no one is. I don't think there's one person out there who can figure this out all by themselves. But, you know, this, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. There's so much money made in this sport and none of it goes to the players legally. So they're going to find their way to get it illegally. And, and, you know, they've probably been getting it for a long time and it's just now kind of maybe starting to bubble up. You know, I mean, I wrote a whole law yes. review comment article about this and why they, you know, why there are ways that you can do this and maybe let them, yeah. you know, host camps or yeah. not, like have some narrowly defined thing and maybe cap it for now at how much you can charge and how, you know. So that yeah. you don't have a guy who goes to Oklahoma State, you know, get uh, T Boone Pickens sure. million sure. bucks because it means nothing to him, and, and it lands you the kid yeah. for three years. It's it's tough. It, it is really because you know I, I come back to the you know the free market approach, and like I think I think we're we're hesitant to do that, but like why are we in every other walk of life? Um, you know, if if you're if you're a really talented, you know, whatever, you can go anywhere and get paid for your wares. Um, and if someone wants to pay you more than everybody else, great, good for you. But in college sports, we get nervous about that. Like, oh, well, we can't have that. Well, why, why not? You know, I mean, that's they're adults. Why can't we let them make money for being good at what, what they do? Uh, I mean, I agree. It's just we have a – I think that – the idea that the NCAA has created, and I'm willing to debate whether or not it's real, but the idea that it's created is you schools have an even playing field. You can do what you want yeah. with facilities, you can do what you want with coaches, but there is a you have this many scholarships and this many right. guys can dress, and it's the same for everyone, and you all are equals. By allowing an uncapped system, it changes it because it does. because a, a school like Stanford, who has a fully endowed athletic yeah. program that you know prints its own money, sure, it, it stops being competitive. I mean, it does, and and yet I've always my counter to that has always been we're already kind of at that. I mean. Let's let's just be honest. Like we look at football, um, you know, are we are we on an even playing field with Alabama, with Clemson, with Ohio State? No, we're not. I mean, we're just not. You know, we we cannot recruit the same type of kids they do on a consistent level because we don't have 
the facilities and the money that go into it. Now we're a major conference school, you know, nobody's feeling bad for us. We're not the little sisters, but you know, we're not at that level and we probably won't be, uh, you know, there are haves and have nots and there are in basketball too. We're not at the level that North Carolina is. Um, we're not at the level Kentucky is and that's life, you know? So, you know, I guess, I guess I feel like we're kind of already there. We're just not, we're just not letting ourselves believe it. We want to believe everybody's on an even playing field, but they're not. Yeah. Agreed. You know, and uh, I mean, and, and I, I think you're exactly right. College sports has ingrained this ideal into us that everybody should have the same level of resources basically to compete evenly. And that's not how it is. You know, now if you want to do a, a salary, I mean, that's what pro sports has. It's what the NFL has. The NFL has got the most true, salary cap every team has the same amount of money to spend you cannot go over it you have to find a way to fit your guys under that so everybody really has the same resources um you want to do that great i think that's ideal but that's hard to do you know it's hard sure going to be hard to get you know 65 you know or so major programs to agree to that yeah, I mean i i think that maybe one of the ways to do it then is is the school itself can't do it and you set a finite number of things. Kids can sign autographs for money. Yeah, they can run yeah. a camp for money. You know, these, these I say are let them let them take endorsements. You know, let them let them make money off off themselves. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't know what you think of that. Like, I mean, if if uh, you know Trey Holder can get a car dealership to put him in a commercial, and make some money off of it, let him. What's wrong with that? Uh, I mean. Inherently, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's the most fair because you take it away from the school. The, yeah. The, yeah. The argument against it is, well, kids, if you do this, will say, okay, fine. I'll go to the school that has the tie-in with the car dealership. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, but, I, you know, but are I agree, they not yeah. already doing that? I guess is the question. They are. I mean, and, and of course, I always hear that the doomsday is, you know, well, then some kid's going to get paid somebody to throw a game. I think it, that could happen now. I mean, in fact, it's more likely to happen now because they're not allowed to make money legally. Um, so I, I, I don't, you know, again, that's one of those like arguments that just doesn't make doesn't hold water to me. You know, it's, I mean, it's like saying, you know, you could come with a doomsday scenario for everything. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, go outside today because I might get struck by lightning. Well, yeah, you, you might, but, you know, I'd probably go outside and take a chance, you know. So, um, I mean, yeah, that could happen, but it could happen now. It might have already happened now. We don't know it. It yeah. happened to Western University in 1992, and, you know, it took two years for Pete Bell to discover it. Yeah, and I, and then he leaned into it, but um, you know, to get – Neon and those he guys. Did. He did. And yeah. he didn't even yeah. need to. He didn't even need to pay Neon. We found out he just. He they did just not. Did any, he the Bluefields just the did car. it. They just gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the the only problem Pete Bell really had there was doing was being involved in it himself. He just had one of his assistants do it for him. Yeah, and some and intrepid yes, that reporting. Is a shot. Yeah, it was a uh, some <laughs> intrepid reporting that really busted that story open. It was Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy. Yeah, he really got to the bottom of it. Of course, Pete Bell gave him everything by confessing to it in that press conference, which no coach would ever do. <laughs> More realistically, you get Rick Pitino, who is boy, oh boy, going back to Louisville. He's going to the mat on that. I did nothing wrong. He's he's going to go down with the ship. 
He did nothing wrong. He he did the thing that he had to do, which is ultimately the buck stops with me because I hired these right. guys. Right, but, right. But all I'm guilty of is hiring bad people. Yeah. That's boy, it. oh boy, did I have yeah. any idea this was going on? Absolutely not. Yeah. And yeah. I'd love to and get back into coaching. That's right. And he's got Dick Vitale, who I love, but Dick Vitale championing, championing his cause, you know. Oh, Andre McGee is a disgrace to the university, and oh, Rick, he just he just did nothing wrong. Like, come on, man. Again, another one. And people, like, I feel like this is just a segment of, like, people trying to get you to believe stuff that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, who knows where it goes. Again, I don't have a great answer as to how it should work, but I just truly do believe and i think you've you've agreed we've been on the same page about this in general it doesn't work now it works for our enjoyment you know we love march madness we love the tournament it doesn't uh, work for the players it, but it, it does not it works it for the not, fans sure it does yeah but you know we just constantly have one scandal after another that pops up somewhere else and we play this you know moral outrage game and we fire the coach and we put the you know, school on probation, and then we just kind of, it's like, you know, everybody just, oh, we fixed it, move on, until the next one pops up a month or two months or six months later, and then we do the same dance, and nothing ever changes. So hopefully the result of this FBI investigation will be just that. I hope so. I mean, if, if I had my ideal scenario, one would be the death and demise of Arizona basketball, and number two would be the death and demise of college basketball as we know it. I think it would be good. Um but we'll see if that actually happens. There will be an awful lot of growing pains if that's what happens. There will. And, and, and I will admit, there will be unintended consequences. I mean, I've already seen one. I loved the NCAA football video game. Loved it. And the unintended consequence of that Ed O'Bannon lawsuit is that game doesn't exist anymore. It sucks. You know, as, as just a fan, I think, man, I wish that game still existed. You know, how fun would it be to have that game and play as Lamar Jackson? or Baker Mayfield, or whatever, uh, you know, but it doesn't. Um, so there, there will be things that we don't realize we'll miss when they're gone, but I still think that that's a good thing in the end. I hope it is. Yeah, I mean, ideally the system will be better for it. It will be more fair, I believe, if we get to that point. Now, that, that doesn't mean it'll be as good for us as fans. Who knows? Maybe there won't be an NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's gloom and doom. I don't see that, you know happening but who knows you know uh, 20 years from now will there be no ncaa basketball maybe there won't be i I doubt that but possible i guess yeah well everyone thought when brandon jennings left to go play overseas we'd we'd lose college basketball sure and And it didn't happen no i mean sure we're missing out on leangelo and lamello but you know and there's been a few others who've gone that route you know but uh you know, we still get a lot of the really good players. Uh, I mean, and there's here's another element, of course, of college basketball is the one and done. And you know, should you make guys go to college for a year? Um, you know, hopefully we're we're getting to the point where maybe that will go away. I think I we're think heading towards good. baseball rules. I think, I think so too. You know, some, some element of it. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. You can leave after high school, but if you go to college, it's two years. Two years, and I don't think that's bad. Uh, I would go a little further in in you know. I've, I think we've talked about this. I'd let guys get drafted and go back to school. Um, I don't see what would be wrong with that. You know, add, let them add go back. Add a round to the draft. Sure, sure. You know, and, and, and let them be the, you know, it happens in hockey. The Coyotes, you know, their top draft pick a year or two ago 
he continued to play at, you know, Boston University for another year, and then they called him up, and he was more ready to play. And, you know, why why can't we do that in basketball? You know, if you want to draft, uh, I mean, not not the stars, obviously. I'm sure, you know, DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley would go pro. But, you know, let's say somebody wanted to draft, uh, you know, I don't even know. Uh, I'm trying to think of, Alonzo you know, Trier? Alonzo Trier at last year. You know, somebody yeah. like that, you know. And let him go back to Arizona and play for another year. Grayson Allen last year. You know, draft him. He's your property. But rather than have him ride the Pines or play in the D-League, he stays at Duke, plays another year, and, and then you get him the next year. You know, I, I think that'd be okay. Probably that's not going to happen. But, I, you know, if, it, if I was, you know, the czar of NBA college basketball relations, I would do that. But, you know, I don't think people are co- – coaches probably don't want that. College coaches probably don't want it especially. I mean, the rule that I think that you need to make if you do it, and I think it's an important distinction that they would have to make. If you are a high school player and you do not sign with an agent and you declare for the draft and you go undrafted or don't like your draft spot, you can still go to college. Yeah, agreed. hundred percent. Because, because, you know, you just don't want to have a guy. There were so many of those stories of guys who – declared and they could have gone and played college ball somewhere and they're stuck and then yeah. they're, you know then they they're are a professional they lose their yep. scholarship ability yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean you know if you go baseball rules the true baseball rules is everybody's eligible out of high school there's yeah. no entering the draft yeah so that's i mean i would like that just make everyone eligible out of high school so if you're marvin bagley or deandre eaton or whether you know one of the guys like that you're coming out of high school you're probably going to get picked most guys will not because they're not ready they go to college you know, and, and if you get picked in the second round or third round, if we add a round, guy has to make a decision. Do I want to go and maybe, you know, play in the minor leagues like in baseball or do I want to play in college and try to get drafted higher? I mean, I'd be fine with that system. Just, you know, make it a make it a free market. If you're you're all eligible and we'll pick the guys who should be picked and we won't pick the guys who shouldn't be. Yeah. But again, college coaches would hate that because then they'd have to wait till the end of June probably July for a signing deadline to find out who they're going to have on their team. They don't want that. No, I agree. It is the most fair to the player because it also lets the player decide, do I want to go? I mean, there was the Brewers drafted that shortstop from Brophy who said, I need first round money or else I'm going to ASU. And they drafted him in the 11th round and they, and he held out until they, the Brewers offered him at the last minute. They offered him like a million dollar signing bonus. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just, I don't think that'd be bad again. I don't think it'd be bad to have, you know, uh, you know, relationship between the NBA and college where if, you know, if you're a team like the Warriors or the Spurs or, you know, the Celtics, the Cavs, two good teams. You want to take a guy and say, you know what? We want you to stay in college. We want you to keep playing there. But you're our, you know, you're our guy. You know, we're going to we're gonna bring you up eventually. We're going to pay you. You know, again, that gets into paying athletes. It's all kind of the same discussion. But we want you to stay there because you're going to get more playing time and more reps there. And you're going to be better off for it. Yeah. Certainly, at a minimum, you need to insure them. You do. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, you can't can't have guys get drafted and they're you know they're the property of that team and then they get hurt and the team says oh see you later you know no i i mean they ought to they ought to be paid like a you know minor league athlete basically uh you know you're not going to be paid the same as an nba star but you get paid something yeah 
I don't know. I, there's a lot of ways to do it. I, uh, you know, I think probably more realistically is what you said. We'll have that kind of half measure rather than full measures. It's kind of what, what seems to happen. And, uh, you know, I get it. People are resistant to change in general. And, you know, it's easy for us to sit here on the phone and, you know, come up with all these great ideas, but we don't have to get other people to agree to them. So, uh, you know, I understand why it happens, but it, it always tends to happen that way. Same as, you know, a four-team college playoff was always going to be the first step. We were never going to, you know, 16 teams right off the bat. What just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And now you're comfortable at four. I am, which is crazy, I know. I mean, I, I know you find that uh, one of the biggest, you know, reversals I've ever had. And it is. It is honestly a big reversal, but uh, I've liked it better than I thought. Yeah, that was a major upset. Uh, Sal Point attendee, Matt Story, would be stunned. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to think, honestly, that's an example of, of me being open-minded. I'm not open-minded about everything. I'm not going to say I am, but... You know, I, rather than dig my heels in and say, this sucks and I want, you know, I, I've, I've honestly looked at it the last few years and thought, I'm okay with this. I, I'd be convinced to go eight um, if you gave home field in the first round. I like that idea because then I think it rewards the, the top four. Um, but I'm not even sure you need that. Four might be enough. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I really don't think you need 16. 16 brings in three and four lost teams. I don't want that. The other thing is you have some, under this system, version of a play-in game for the major conferences with the conference title. I mean, we kind of had it this year. Not exactly, but conference title weekend, you know, was was almost like a quarterfinal weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Georgia-Auburn certainly was. It was a play-in game for Clemson-Miami. I mean, hard to remember now that Miami was in that mix because they ended on such a thud. But basically the winner of that game was going to get in. Uh, you know, the uh, the Big Ten title game we thought might have been a play-in game. didn't turn out to be. Um, you know, so it, it was kind of like that a little bit this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I'd, I'd be okay if you went eight and you gave home field to the top four because, again, then you're rewarding the truly better teams. If you're one, you get home field. That's a big advantage. Um, but 16, nah. I mean, you, you start talking about nine and three and eight and four teams getting in. I don't think so. I, I, I don't want to see that. Like you, you should earn your way in. Yeah, I agree. That we had a lot to say for having nothing to say. We um, did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we got a couple topics we didn't expect, and yeah, it went longer than expected, and uh, yeah. So you know. Here we go. We didn't even talk about, you know, Bobby Hurley and the boys. Yeah, they're playing tonight. They're playing at the mat, which is yep. much less scary than the Mac. Um, it is. It is, yes. Uh, uh, a big closing stretch. You know, they got through that stretch of three home games with two wins, which was solid. Now you got four in a row against teams that are, you know, outside the tournament picture. So it sure would be nice to take three or all four. Uh, I would, I'd be happy if we could pull that off. Yeah, back-to-back sweep to end would be huge. That's the that really is the nice. only chance to be a top four seed and get that buy in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and, and also gives you a chance to move up into that you know five six range for the NCAA tournament, which you know gives you a a better chance to get to the second weekend. I mean, if we get an eight or a nine, it'd be better than nothing. But that puts you playing a number one in the second round, and I don't love our chances. However, should be noted, the latest bracketology: two of the one seeds are teams we already beat. Yeah, and that feels pretty good. 
It does. That was kind of cool as I looked through that and thought, wow, Kansas and Xavier are both one seeds right now. Now it's February. Who cares, I guess? But, you know, we're, we're 75, 80% into the season and we beat both of those teams. That's a, that's a big reason we can feel so good about the tournament, even though we're seven and seven in the conference. Yeah. I feel good about it. I think it's a big deal, even if no one else sure. does. Sure. No, well, and we're not, you know, it's not that no one else does. I mean, again, those, those two wins are, are really a, a big part of why, you know, people are still having us as an eight or a nine seed and not, you know, outside looking in. The seven and seven in the Pac-12 really isn't that good. But that 12-0 and non-conference with those wins that we had is holding up big time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's impressive. It is. It is. I mean, it's, you know, we knew it would be important and, and it's proving to be very important because our conference play has been sort of uneven. Uh, so it's nice to have that cushion. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So four more to go and then uh, conference tournament and it's about what, uh, 24 days till selection Sunday, I believe. Less than that. What am I saying? 17 days. But who's counting? Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, two weeks from Sunday, right? Well, we've got this weekend of games, next weekend of games. Next and then, weekend and then the turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm adding an extra week. Yeah, 17 days. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll know soon enough. So uh, between here and there, we will, uh, we'll talk about other stuff. But this was good. So uh, It was. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.